Welcome to Whores Talk Horror. We're not really whores. We just like wordplay. Hello, and welcome to Whores Talk Horror. I'm Sharon. I'm Melinda. Thanks for coming back. Or for tuning in. Tuning in? Mm, yeah. Downloading? Downloading for the first time. Tuning into your Wi-Fi so that you can access the, the podcast. Thank you for that. We appreciate it. And today we are going to be doing another ghost story sent in this time from Tony. Um, and so I guess we'll just get started. I should say that I haven't heard this before, so I'm I'm excited to hear this, and I'm I've I've not read it, so I've this read is it my first and time around. Hopefully, you will enjoy it. Um, it starts, hola putas. <laughs> I took French uh, in high school, so I'm assuming putas is, is that whores? Probably. I, I don't know. <laughs> did, did they not? You took Spanish, right? Yeah, but they didn't really teach that in high school Spanish. I know. They didn't teach any of the swears, unfortunately. But um, yeah, so hola putas. <laughs> Here we go. Like most horror stories, this story happened on a dark night in the beginning of fall many years ago. My friend and I liked to go hiking in the woods, but we didn't always have access to much more than cornfields. Oh, fucking cornfields. <laughs> right up. Bad if news we, right off the bat. Bad news. If you listen to um, our second episode, you'll, you'll know my fear of cornfields. Or but, just um, like in general, but they're just creepy. They're filled with children. Anyways, <laughs> if we had days off together, we would drive out to forest preserves But when we only had a little time, the night was nice, and wanted to smoke a cigar, then the cornfield, or at the very least, the neighborhood that we lived in, would suffice. On this particular night, it had been unusually warm for a fall night, and there was no wind, not even a slight breeze. We set out on a walk and headed for our favorite trail. The neighborhood that we lived in was still developing, and there was an abandoned cornfield between two developments that we liked to walk through. It was about a mile long and took us far enough away from traffic that it was enjoyable. There was a thin walking trail that I believe people would ride their bicycles through, and that is the trail that we followed. We set out like any other night with cigars in hand and good conversation. This kind of is reminding me of a little bit of Stand By Me, but (laughs) let's see if they find a dead body. Anyways. I hope somebody brought a comb, though. (laughs) We trudged through until we walked past a spot on the trail that gave me a sense that something was not right. This sense may need a little background. This feeling is hard to describe, but it is like something is pulling at my soul. Like if I were a stringed instrument, one of the chords could be pulled to let me know that something was different about an area, person, or thing. I can recall one time when I was house-sitting for a girlfriend several years ago. I was laying on the couch and decided to get up to get a snack from the fridge. When I got to the fridge and started rifling through its contents, I felt like something had walked through me. I dropped to my knees and felt lightheaded and drained. It was over almost as fast as it started. When my girlfriend had gotten home with her mom, I mentioned it in passing. Her mom laughed and told me about her husband who had passed when my girlfriend was just an infant. She told me that as her daughter got older, there were times she would hear her having a conversation with someone who wasn't there. Mm. When she would ask her daughter who she was talking to, she would tell her mother, Dad. She told me that he still had a strong presence with them. 
She told me that it could have possibly been him. I didn't really think much of it, but the lightheaded, in quotes, lightheaded events happened more often and not in conjunction with that girlfriend who had since become my ex. But I digress. (laughs) So something was not right on the trail. I stopped my friend who was walking ahead of me and told him to wait. I think there is something up. He didn't know what I meant. He asked if I saw a coyote, but I told him, no, I just had a feeling. I was walking back and forth on the trail slowly, trying to recreate that feeling that I received. I finally found it and looked at the area for anything that could generate that feeling. Anything physical that could explain why I felt this in that particular area. I looked down the cornfield. I should say that the field had been plowed, but the base of the stalks were still present. Oh, that's creepier. Yeah, but you know there's no children hiding in it, so it makes it a little safer, I guess. Yeah. Uh, At the end of about a 300-yard or so stretch were some trees, the type of trees that farmers started to plant to protect their field from erosion, something learned from the Dust Bowl era. I told my friend that wherever this feeling is coming from, it originates from there. He had no idea what I was talking (laughs) about. I asked him if he wanted me to show him and that I would take him there. He said, sure, why not? I started to walk towards the trees, confident and fast. After a few yards, I shut my eyes and let the feeling guide me. Believe it or not, that is what I did. I was walking so fast that my friend had to run to keep up. I'm also around six inches shorter than him, so it shouldn't have been any trouble for him to keep up with me. He was also stumbling over the corn stalks, which were no trouble for me, even with my eyes closed. I stopped when we reached the tree line. He caught up with me and was annoyed that I didn't stop or slow down. He was also curious as to why it was possible for me to have gotten there without falling like I did. I told him that I had my eyes closed the entire time. He did not believe me, and after insisting several times that I did what I had said I did, whatever, just tell me why we are here, he said. I looked at the tree line, and it was pretty dense with shrubs that surrounded some trees at the center. From our past walks in the woods, we can tell that there might be a clearing by the trees. I said, whatever this feeling is, it is coming from in there. Should we try to investigate? He said, sure, why not? At this point, he still didn't believe that I had some feeling about the spot, but was entertaining this because it kept us outside on a nice night. Yes. Did he find the entrance to the Black Lodge? That's where I feel like this is going. Sorry. Are these sycamore trees? (laughs) That's what we need to know. Okay. Sorry. No, you're fine. (laughs) Um, We have walked darker and more dense wooded areas before anyway. I took one look at the shrubs and said, you're bigger. Lead the way through the shrubs and I will follow. It should be easier that way. (laughs) Nice, Tony. (laughs) He agreed and started through. He was making progress, but I was getting caught on every single branch. I couldn't keep up. I was confused why it was so easy for him. I said, hey, wait, back up and let me lead the way. I can't get through this. Maybe it'll be easier for us both. It seemed like solid logic. After all, he was getting by easy enough. It shouldn't be that much harder to follow me. He backed up and said, lead the way. I started to make my way through with the same ease that he initially did, But behind me, he was getting caught on every branch like I did. Whoa. He told me to stop and back out. We were going to have to try and figure out another way through these shrubs. We took a few moments and looked around and decided that the place that we were at was going to be the easiest way in. Neither of us had bothered to bring a flashlight. (laughs) 
and there wasn't enough light to investigate much farther around. I also felt like this was going to be the best spot to gain entry. We decided to give it one more try with the larger of us leading the way. This time, he would walk slowly backwards to try to get the shrubs to bend around us easier, or at least with a smaller chance of injuring ourselves. Not to much surprise, my friend was able to push in easy, but I was getting caught. We both walked back out. I was looking up and down the tree line. Frustrated and getting tired of this game with the foliage that we couldn't win together, I said, fuck it, let's get out of here. I don't think that we're meant to get in there. At that moment, one tree which happened to be the largest tree that we could see, started to violently shake. We also started to hear a large stomping noise, loud enough and heavy enough to not be natural. We both looked at each other and started running parallel to the tree line towards the welcoming lights of the other development we first started out for. While all the while the tree was shaking and the stomping continued, we came to a creek and made a quick judgment to jump across the narrow banks and keep heading away from the trees. The second that we both made it across the creek, the shaking and stomping ceased. We looked at the trees and then each other. He asked me, what the fuck was that? Did you see that too? I explained to him that we were running from the same thing. We both stood there in disbelief for what seemed like forever, but I am sure was seconds. We both had enough and decided to walk back. We walked along the creek until that disappeared and the bike trail started again. We started to head back to our houses. When I approached the area that we had originally set off from, I stopped again. He said, no way, buddy. You can walk that one by yourself if that's what you're thinking. I said, nah, I was just curious to see if I felt that tug again. I told him that it was gone, that whatever it was, it had passed. When we got back to his house, we puzzled over the experience. He still didn't understand how or why I took us there. What we had both agreed on was that whatever was in the clearing of those trees did not want us to enter together. It was purposely trying to separate us. For what? Who knows? We said our goodbyes and called it a night. My friend was still curious about that night's events, and he did some research about the area. The best he could find was that the area that we were walking through did have some history with Native Americans, but no specific history was written about it which can mean that it was really no different than any other area. (laughs) He also found some information about elementals. In his reading, he discovered that these elementals can become very protective over certain areas, and he suggested that because this was the last natural area between Mm. our sprawling developments, that it was trying to do us harm. Either way, we both agreed to not go back there, In a few short years or less, that area was developed into another phase of homes. That's too bad. Yeah. Fucking urban sprawl. Ruins the party again. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Where was I? Yeah, we both agreed not to go back there. In a few short years or less, that area was also developed into another phase of homes. I'm sure that whoever lives in the house that resides over or near that spot is not haunted like we were that night. Hell, maybe I do. At least then I wouldn't think that I was crazy. You only move the headstones. <laughs> is, that a pol- is that a poltergeist yeah. reference? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. <sighs> Thanks for writing, Tony. Um, 
personally, I think that tree was just like, get off my lawn, (laughs) shaking its branches. You damn kids, get off my lawn. Where did this, I'm sorry, and it was probably at the beginning, where did this take place? I don't know. Oh, it didn't, okay. Tony didn't, he did not um, put that information. Wow, that's creepy. Somewhere with cornfields and trees. (laughs) Um, Thanks for writing in, but maybe next, maybe the tree was mad that they had lit cigars near the forest and it was like, you're not bringing that in my clearing. They could have started a fire. Right. With all those dried up corn stalks and. Yeah. Yeah. That's, you know, that could have been it. So. Well, here, speaking of um, elementals, as as Sharon was just talking about, it was found in some of the research that Tony's friend did. Um, Sharon did a little research on elementals and left it for me, which is so nice. Thanks, Sharon. You're welcome. Um, But what are elementals? Uh, Well, this is what they are. Elementals are nature spirits. Um, The elemental kingdom consists of fairies, gnomes, goblins, elves, leprechauns, (laughs) uh, brownies. We'll put a pin in that. Um, (laughs) I think that's pronounced. Undines? 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 Undines or Undines? I have no idea. We'll go with undines. Is that what you undines? said? I, I Somebody did, write and correct us and tell us how we say that. I did um, look for a YouTube video to um, figure out how to pronounce that correctly because I knew I was going to mess that up. And I totally forgot how they pronounced it <laughs> in the YouTube video. But we're going to go with undines. Okay. Un- undines. And then I... Sith? Sith? Sylphs? Sylphs? Not, not, not Siths, obviously. <laughs> Kylo Ren hiding in the forest. It's S Y L P H S. If somebody knows, yeah, it's totally sylphs. Sylphs. Okay. (laughs) So all of those other things I just mentioned, plus also mermaids and tree people, are among other types of elementals. Uh, Each of them belongs to one of the four major groups of elements, hence the word elemental: uh, earth, wind, fire, air. And they are responsible for the protection and the healing of the planet. They've got their hands full right now. Uh, elementals live among animals and in nature in places like forests, gardens, beaches, mountains, etc. They attach themselves to practically every natural thing. Earthly elementals are the metaphysical. They are the cause of earthquakes, floods, gales, thunderstorms, and wind wildfires. Wait, 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 wait. So are we going to admit that the GOP is right, that climate change actually does not exist oh. and all of the shit that's been going on with this crazy weather is because of fucking leprechauns and elves. Mitch McConnell was right. Oh my God. So CO2 is not the real evil. Fucking leprechauns and fairies (laughs) are the real threat. We need to do something about those goddamn leprechauns. Jennifer Aniston, she... (laughs) If you're here, if you're listening, please call us. She she warned us. She warned us in the leprechaun movies and uh, we didn't listen. Oh, uh, I just imagine um, like one day somebody wakes up and looks out their living room window and like all their garden gnomes are like <laughs> at their window staring into the, yeah. It's a scary world, people. Um, but that's actually interesting. I, I had never heard that last part before because I've heard of elementals, but like that, like they could be caused by, that makes sense, natural yeah. disasters of such. Um, it's not irresponsible people forgetting to put out fires or tossing a, a cigarette in some, you know, woods in Northern California. Now we know. Now we know. They're like Look, they're out, look out for them undines. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
a few of the things, they're generally benevolent, uh, but some people do say they can be evil or mischievous or just angry when you go into a forest with light, light a match and start a fire. Um, elementals are invisible to us. Uh, they do appear to clairvoyance and are, easily, I guess, easily recognizable to them. Um, the most elemental hauntings taste take place in isolated mountainous desert or forest settings it is rare for elementals to haunt within a city the exception to this is if a person or group performs magical rituals which directly invoke the elementals Bu- buildings used for religious purposes could possibly be elementally haunted huh um, all types of elementals can cause mental unbalance in sensitive people. In most indigenous cultures, the nature spirits are given ritual offerings to maintain the balance of the community and the environment. Interesting. Uh, yeah, that is interesting. I actually have a story about elementals. And so the part that you read about how elementals do appear to clairvoyance yeah. and are easily recognizable. So um, I had a friend who did a ghost walk one time in the woods and he was taking pictures and he got the photos developed and the ghost walk was led by like a medium or, Uh you know, clairvoyant. Um, And when he showed her the photos to see if there was anything, she was going through them and just you or I would have looked through these and not have seen anything. She's looking through them quickly and got to this one photo and just like gasped and was (gasps) like, oh my God that's an elemental and she pointed to this one area of the photo where you could see it looked like um like a little face made out of like fire shut up in the trees and he showed me this photo and sure enough i mean i would have missed this if i was just going through these photos but this woman caught it like right away and was like, this is an elemental. This is a fire elemental. But yeah, it was it was uh, That's really crazy. Yeah, it was kind of cool. I don't think I would ever go on a ghost walk in the middle of the night through a forest. No, oh, no, I totally Although, would. I did go to Bachelor's Grove when I was in high school with a few people in the middle of the night, like when you could still. So it, for those of you who are not from Chicago, um, Bachelor's Grove Cemetery is uh, part of a forest preserve on the south side and in, in the south suburbs of Chicago. Um, and it has a small graveyard uh, in it that unfortunately through years of people getting like going there to like get drunk and hide out in the forest, like the tombstones are all knocked down and it's in disrepair. But like you can look it up online. It's like supposedly one of the most haunted places in like america and it said that the al capone had like a little lake house over there yes and that he would dump a lot of the bodies in this little like pond behind his house which is one of the reasons why it's so haunted that and the fact that there's like this really old graveyard with people from i mean like children and and there's well, and that, so that's many people one of the there. reports is that people see a house on the water yes. occasionally. I unfortunately, so when we went though, we were, I was like a junior, sophomore, junior in high school and we were able to like sneak in, you know, forest preserve, you know, at night. They have it on lockdown now. They got wiser as, as the kids kept partying there. But we got out, so we got out of the car, we drive up there. We're like, okay, cool. We can get in, sneak in. Didn't bring a flashlight. And it's like 11.30 at night. That was dumb. Yeah. So we, And then luckily, like, another group of people happened to show up with the same thing in mind, and they did a flashlight. So we all went in together. I didn't see any houses or, 
there's a woman that sits on a, a like stone bench, I guess, sometimes. I didn't see, I didn't really see anything, but then of course we heard twigs moving and something scary and we all just ran like hell out of there because it was super late at night. We were freaking everybody, each other out and we were at Bachelor's Grove. Anyway, sorry, that was a tangent, but um, I there's probably elementals all over that sad place. Yeah, I was there one time. It was during the day around Halloween and I took a bunch of photos on my digital camera and went through them later and I didn't really see anything except there was one thing that did kind of look like an elemental kind Mm. of like a a fire elemental could have just been like a glare off something yeah but yeah I was a little disappointed that I didn't see anything but um yeah it's definitely maybe we'll um do a an episode on Bachelor's Grove one time yeah because it, it is kind of a fascinating place and it is pretty close to where we grew up and yeah it's kind of cool that it's one of the most haunted places in america and for all you kids out there they've like totally locked it down now so don't go getting any ideas trying to sneak in i feel like we need to like say that just to sound like responsible adults if the police are listening (laughs) even though we're totally not responsible adults (laughs) um so going along with the whole um story that tony wrote about his ex-girlfriend oh yeah um and her dad so I have a story involving um my family so my my uncle he passed about 10 to 12 years ago and um he passed in his house and he had three kids who were all um from late teens in their early 20s at the time when he passed um it was unexpected he was only about 50 years old And he gave his um, middle daughter a ring for her 16th birthday that at the time she was like, this is kind of ugly. I don't want to wear it. So she kept it in this bucket of change. um, (laughs) And after he passed away, she couldn't find it. And all of a sudden, you know, Mm. it became super, super important to her. And so she, she tore up her entire house she was looking in vents in the floor to see if it fell in there she um totally dumped over this bucket of change went through it couldn't find it anywhere she was really really upset um and then around the same time they were having some financial trouble because i think my aunt just lost her job and they were struggling and so my aunt said if you're listening you know, she's talking to her husband. She's talking out loud. If you're listening, just, you know, please show us a sign that you're here with us. We could really use you right now. Just any, any kind of a sign. And later that night, my cousin went upstairs and sitting right on top of that jar of change was the ring that her father gave her and she grabbed it and she started crying and she ran downstairs and she was like mom 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 you're never gonna believe what I saw or what I you're never gonna believe what I found and my aunt goes you found the ring that dad gave you (laughs) and she was like how did you know and my aunt said because I asked your father to send us a sign that he was with us and yeah I that story that is sweet and it's kind of funny yeah. because he was like i spent money on this ring for you and you put it in a bucket of change but where did it go to in the first place that's he was he was probably like i'm gonna teach you a lesson <laughs> to be responsible with the, the, your gifts yeah no that's really sweet actually it is a really sweet story and so yeah it kind of gives you a little bit of comfort too knowing that 
you know, your loved ones are still with you even after they pass away because I, I'm not a religious person, but I, I like to believe, you know, I'm more spiritual and believe that yeah. there's there's something that exists. I don't know what it is, but I, I believe that there's something that exists after death. Yeah, and I, I like to come at it from a spe- like a, more of a skeptic point of view just to be like, I mean, you know, like I love ghost shows, which I think we're going to probably do a whole episode on yeah. that because I have a weird obsession with ghost shows. But um, I also do think that obviously I don't think that we can see all there is in life. Um, insert the Hamlet quote here because um, I can't think of it at the time at the moment. But I tend to be skeptical because Spencer, I, look up Hamlet quotes. <laughs> no, it's the there are greater things in heaven and blah blah blah. blah I don't blah. know that quote. There are more things in heaven and earth, Horatio, yep. than are dreamt of in your philosophy. Or, Thank wait. You. Yeah. Is that it? Yep. Is that it? Oh, yeah. That was on the tip of my fucking tongue. I was going to say that. Well, it, it, but that, like, I feel that way, but I also feel like I like, like to be skeptical just because I feel like it's so easy to also attach meaning to things that are not necessarily paranormal like a lot of the ghost shows that I watch um I like to yell at my television at like the people talking about their events because I'm there are a few of them where you're like that's that's clearly sleep paralysis or whatever so like I'm not saying that like obviously I'm not saying that I don't believe that there's anything else out there but like I like to be a skeptic about it because I like those stories where like you're like I don't know how this happened I literally can't explain it as opposed to like that was probably the heating duct. Anywho, that I, was cool. Thank you, Sharon, for sharing that. Yeah, huh, thank and, you for sharing, Sharon. <laughs> and thank you, Tony, for sending in your story. And, yes. Um, so I think that's about it. This is going to be. I have some footnotes for you. Oh, footnotes. Oh, uh-oh. Uh, first of all, we have a pronunciation of Undines. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank I think you. it's Undine. Yep. Oh, was you're I right? right? I think you were right. Yeah. And then Sylph. Uh, Sylph was Sylph. the other one. Uh, and also the word puta. Puta could mean. I will read from bottom to top. <laughs> Dyke, tramp, hustler, hooker, slut, tart, prostitute, bitch, or whore. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. I'm going to go with whore since that's yeah, yeah, what yeah. the Tony, name of the show is. I don't know which one you meant. I'm assuming. <laughs> We're, yeah, we'll, we'll... I think he definitely meant tart. Tart. <laughs> I do like sour beer. Um, Thank you, Spencerpedia. Yeah. Oh, I just want to give a little shout out here. Um, yeah. So uh, Spencer also has a um, a podcast called The Dictionary. So if you're a word nerd and you want to hear Spencer literally read the dictionary <laughs> from A to Z, you can download his podcast found on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to your podcast. Or if you're like Melinda and you get insomnia quite frequently, I'm told that it is a wonderful, wonderful uh, help, I guess, for yeah. My asleep. soothing voice will put you to sleep. It, it really will. That, that is very soothing, <laughs> actually. Yeah, so if you have trouble falling asleep, you can also download his podcast and, and listen to that. Or and if you're being bugged by an elemental and you, you're freaked out at night, that might calm your nerves. So multiple uses, really. Download it. Or if you have kids and you want them to learn more words. Because me, as an almost 40-year-old, am still learning words. Words are hard. It's very, yeah, it's educational. It's sometimes... It's clean. 
it's sometimes funny. Well, it's clean so far because you haven't gotten to most of the swear words. You're, <laughs> you're still in the A's. Yep. But um, yeah. So shout Point out is, to Spencer. I did just read anal though. Uh-oh. That's not a swear. <laughs> no, but it's it's on the border for some people. Yeah, it may not be super clean for for everyone who's listening or has offended by dictionary terms <laughs> easily. But yeah, dictionary. the dictionary. So Find anyways, it. download it. If you like anal, <laughs> download Spencer's podcast. That's a great plug. <laughs> <laughs> Pun intended. Exactly. All right. So anyways, if you have your own ghost stories or scary stories or other weird shit, please send it to us and email us at horsetalkhorror at gmail.com and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at horsetalkhorror. And on Twitter, you can find us at Whores whore. We're whoring all over the place, man. We are. And uh, do you want to add anything else or? No, nothing except for. Thanks, thanks for getting, getting creepy, creepy with us. us. Goodbye. Bye.